Good afternoon and welcome everybody into Two Man Game here on Klabes Online. I'm Matthew Rocchio. That is Bob Ramsey. And we talked a little NBA basketball on Wednesday. So here we're going to talk a little St. Louis basketball as the conference schedule of the A-10 actually started on Wednesday night. But St. Louis's start comes on Saturday, New Year's Eve against St. Joe's in New York. Rammer, before we jump into this, I, Philadelphia. Have, I always have to ask. Oh, he's sorry, Philadelphia. Excuse me. I always have to ask, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Um, I'm actually excited to kind of get this next part of the season going. The The non-conference schedule was ambitious, but the Billikens fell short of their ambitions. Um, losing two games and a third one, they really had in their hands the Auburn game. That would It's only three games. And the whole those three, actually the two home games even, would completely turn around the way everybody feels about the program. It's it's dramatic how much every game matters in college basketball, especially when you're a mid-major. And, and it didn't break the way you wanted it to, but you also you have to give credit for to Travis Ford and this organization and the team for trying to set themselves up at the absolute best. When you look yeah. at just the strength of schedule metric. Uh, comparing to them to the rest of the A-10, it, the, the schedules they built non-conference doesn't compare. And so, listen, are you going to have to probably win your conference uh, tournament to be a tournament team in the NCAA? Yeah, probably. probably. But if we want to look at a silver lining, they came through, you know, just an absolute, just like wood chipper. And if that kind of hardened them, then, you know, that could be, you know, the thing that they need to kind of get them through the conference tournament because, I mean, it, it's not even comparable. And, in fact, let's just jump right into the conference schedule already starting on Wednesday night. We saw it right out of the gate. Fordham doesn't play a hard schedule coming into the into their game against Davidson. They're 12-1, and one, and they get, you know, boat race for the most part, and it was it, – Davidson was pretty much in control. And, and the same thing with Duquesne. They get beat up by Dayton. You know, not great non-conference schedules. No, no, you know, no, no harm to them. But does it prepare you for that kind of next slug it out? You know, part of your schedule. And I think maybe that's where St. Louis could have the advantage over some of these teams. Yeah, and as in full disclosure, and most people know anyway, as the rights holders got rights holder guy, um, I appreciate your sort of positive take on it. We can't um, dismiss at this point that were there some tre- trends from the Billiken point of view that would have been considered negative. And I think the main trend to watch as we get into January is can the Billikens protect their home floor and win their home games? That was, um, to me, quite alarming. Not that you got run out of the gym by, I- by Iona. Not that you got run out of the gym by Maryland. Not that, yeah, I'll admit, somewhat alarming that you missed free throws that cost you the game at Auburn. That's, I think you set that as an anomaly aside. But losing two home games, that's that um, at best gives me caution, at worst frightens me as a Billiken guy. Yeah, I mean, and there's definitely there's definitely some holes. You know, the, it was interesting. I was I was pouring through the numbers uh, at A10 Stats on Twitter. Uh, put out all the numbers from the non-conference schedules for the conference teams. And just to kind of give you a little quick dive in the best things to look at net rating, you know, is obviously you take your offensive rating minus your defensive rating. How much better are you? How much worse are you? And you look at St. Louis 
overall for St. Louis, they're only a three. They're only a, pretty much a three plus, a plus three net rating, and that's about middle of the conference. Uh, again, Fordham didn't have a great schedule. Dayton, I think, is a better example to show you kind of the disparity. Dayton had a plus twelve. Um, and then specifically, if you want to dive into some things we like to dive into, the half court offense where they were slightly better instead of a th- just at three, they were at three and at plus three and a half. But the interesting thing here, and I think we've we've pointed out some things that kind of push towards this. They are one of the worst teams in the conference in transition where they are actually a negative because their transition offense is palpably bad when you compare it to everybody else. Their, their transition points per possession right now is 117. The rest of the entire A-10 is at about 135 to 145. So there's just something like just pouring into some of these numbers from the non-conference schedule that immediately jumped out to me. The other one being something we've also talked about being their three-point percentage. Um, one of the worst right now, the A-10, uh, set, uh, only Dayton is worse right now in three-point percentage. So there are two big, big red light kind of things that if they don't get fixed, then it doesn't matter how hard your schedule was and how and how much you know you, you had to grind through a schedule. You're not hitting shots, and well, this, this is basketball, ladies and gentlemen, and that's kind of the point. Okay. There's a lot there. I mean, we could do 10 minutes on each and every one of those numbers you threw out there. Some of that, though, as you point out early, is relative to competition. Yeah. Hey, we're running up and down. We're scoring 95 a game against East Toenail Westland. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the Billikens are trying to score buckets against Auburn and Memphis and, and Providence and Maryland. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm not saying they don't give you pause. I think that is, that is reasonable, but I don't think it's uh, – I don't think it's a reason to have your hair on fire when you look at some of those numbers relative to because it is relative, but what's not relative is making buckets. Um, Now what, what part of those numbers translate? We had some, uh, we had a good start to the season with numbers. Then Javante Perkins lost his way. Then he gets hot. And Gibson Jimerson goes into the worst slump of his career for two plus games. So where do we? I, you know, the numbers are um, are interesting, but diving into the numbers and figuring out why—that's the real question. It's like in baseball, and I'm not casting aspersions at all. Baseball numbers nerds. Oh, that was left as bad at 107. I saw how hard it was hit. You didn't really tell me anything. Tell me why. If you can, if you can tell me why he's hitting it so hard and other guys are not, or why he hit that off-speed pitch hard and the other one he didn't. Now, when we get into the whys, but but just giving me, yeah, that was one ten off the bat. I know it knocked the beer out of the guy's hands in center in, in the bleachers. <laughs> I saw how hard it was hit. So we know, so we know some of the issues. Why are we missing? And I think that's when you start to break it down game by game and look at who's doing what. Now, the Billikens got out-rebounded in that um, horrific SIUE loss. No disrespect to SIUE. They came in and took the check and went away laughing because they, they, they stole your lunch money. Absolutely. Good for them. That's yep. the best win of their in their program's history, and they earned it. So no disrespect to them, 
but you can't let that happen on your home floor. Ask Iowa in the Eastern Illinois game. Those are horrific losses, no two ways about it. Let's start getting into the whys. You got out-rebounded. We've learned over time, Travis, and this is generally true for all teams, but really specific to Travis Ford teams, can't get out-rebounded the way he wants to play and still win. It's it's rare that that happens. So why did you get out-rebounded? Well, one of the huge reasons is Francis Okoro was in foul trouble. Yep. You know what I mean? That's, However, that's, things that's like that happen. you got to overcome those things. Yeah. And that's what this team has to figure out. Yeah. That, it, it, like you said, it's, it's not – it's not just hitting buckets. There's, there's also, and I think part of that also kind of trends towards the things you get to about effort and how that translates to their defensive game. Because yes, I mean, sir. honestly, honestly, a lot of the offensive numbers are are better than average and are, are, are you know better than what you expect. There was just two big red lights, in my opinion, and three point shooting and transition offense are yes, fairly sir. important things. And in, 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 especially when it comes to winning tournament games. Those, I mean, though, that's how you break. That's how you break better teams. That's how you break. You know, that's how you break out of a malaise and win a tournament game. Is those two things, and so that's why it's it's a big thing to me. But a lot of their defensive numbers haven't been trending as well. You know, very good as well. So maybe that kind of cohesiveness and starting from the rebounding, kind of working out, and the effort start getting better, and maybe that's where the defense comes from because there is, I think, another level to this St. Louis defense. Um, they're, they're not as good as they were last year, and I don't think that makes a ton of sense with the personnel even this year. So I'm, I'm interested to see how yeah. that develops as well. There's there's more. There's just so much more. I think from this Billikens team, it's going to be interesting to see how it comes out. Let's. You know, b- before you go on, let me just mention the offense versus defense because I'm starting to see an an O unit and a D unit. And how do you play them and how do you mix them? When, when um, Jimerson and, and Perkins are on the floor, you're, you're lacking a little bit defensively. So what's your thing? Well, let's get Pickett and, or Hargrove or Thatch in there. Um, and I get that. We don't know about Sincere Parker's defense yet. At least I don't. I'm not comfortable saying either way. I, I, I'll say this because I've been, I I I tra- I usually track the rotations, especially that two three four, because it's been interesting to me. Interesting to me. Nothing. Yeah, me there too. have there have not been any big stretches where he's been a where they have gotten blown out while he's been on the court. And the they, much reviled- there's been some not there's been some not great, some not good, but there's never been like a stretch where he gets put in and they go and they get you know hit for an 08 run. And then he gets pulled out because he he's he's the problem. That has not yet happened for Sincere Parker. He hasn't played a lot, and there hasn't been a lot of room for it to happen. But it hasn't happened yet. He has not been a huge liability when they put him out there. And the much reviled plus minus reviled by me, he tends to always come out very well in plus minus. Yes, and uh, and I think that goes into what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Let's jump a little bit into the A10 because again. Uh, we already have two games they, that that kind of trended towards what we thought when the when the conference season would begin. The Davidson one maybe was a little bit surprising for some people. The big thing for me to get into is just kind of the expectations we have for the A10. It was a bad non-conference season for the A10 all around. I think that's a, a fairly um, easy thing to go through. The conference was 0-17 in quad one. They were 6-15 and in quad two games. 
Again, no one had a very good strength of schedule outside of St. Louis, and they you know, fumbled the bag on one or two of those potentially big wins. And so this isn't the best year for the A-10. I remember last year, one of our first podcasts where we talked about you know, the, the one-bid versus two-bid league kind of conversation. And unfortunately, um, now we sit here on December uh, 30th, 2022, and that's not really a conversation. It's pretty clear that this is a, a one-bid league this year, which is disappointing. Um, but you know, and unfortunately, a rarity. And a rarity, but and you hope it doesn't happen. But unfortunately, it's kind of apparent right now. Um, uh, I did some research, and I forgot the details. If that happens this year, and it seems very likely, that it's only the second time in like 26 or seven years that it's been a one-bid league. My friend Joe Pot, the voice of the SIUE Cougars, looked it up, and I think it's 05, I think he said, 05 or 06 was the last time it was a one-bid league. And uh, so it's been a rarity for the league. And and let's be honest, part yep. of the reason is both SLU and Dayton let the league down non-conference-wise. Wow. Would yeah, you agree with that? I would agree with that. And here, I'm just, I'm just taking a look at it right now. This is this is honestly fairly incredible. This would only be the fourth time since the 1989-90 season yeah. that it is a one-bid league. And the other three uh, the times the, early, the other three times I believe are in the early nineties. So we got 0102, 0405, okay. and, yeah, and, and 8990. So 8990, uh, a couple times, a lot of threes in here, a couple fives in the late 90s as well. It's this, so, it's not not a good year for the A-10, just flat out. Well, you know what we could really do, and actually be would be kind of fun, do a Zoom roundtable on two-man game and bring in guys from around the league, like um, some of my play-by-play buddies, uh, like Larry Hanskin at Dayton and people who have been around and seen a lot of this stuff and see what's going on. There, there are a number of things going on. SLU and Dayton let folks down. Yep. Nobody's more shocked by it than SLU and Dayton, right? Fair. But then look at the coaching turnover and the, how the future looks with – and I'll just, I'll just give you one great example, Frank Martin at UMass. Yep. That thing's going to turn around point. fast and, and maybe before the end of the year. Now, we may not – we, the league, may not reap the rewards of Frank being there. Um uh, right away, but by next year, I guarantee you we will. Um, St. Bonaventure, we thought would be down, they are. Nobody yeah. thinks Mark Schmidt's a bad coach, though, and won't ever recruit again. No. So, you know, uh, Chris Mooney at Richmond, you know, they're because Slew and Dayton feel it feels like they've come back to the pack. The Richmonds and the UMasses, the VCUs who haven't been great, Davidson, who we walked in with a question mark. They're, they're all going, they're they're drooling as they go, hey, the big boys may not be as big as everybody feared. This thing could be wide open. So I think those are the kinds of things as we get into conference play, it'll be we'll be looking forward to. Absolutely. And one of the one of the big things you mentioned there, another young coach, you know, uh, Kim English has George Mason, uh, you know, rolling, rolling right now. And, and the big, you know, they had a, they had a tougher schedule than a lot of the A10 in non-conference. Yeah. They came out of it pretty well. Uh, if you just again, you want to look at their, you know, just net rating just across the entire season right now. They're playing really good defense 
one of the best yep. defenses in the A-10. Not, you know, a little bit towards the top in offense as well. They're Right now their net rating is plus eight. It's better than Slew's. It's right now only behind uh, Fordham and, Day- and uh, Dayton. I mean, that's they're, they're rolling right now. So that's another young coach, young roster that, you know, has some progress looking forward it, for the A-10. It could get a lot better for them. And you remember that was the uh, overtime game that Yuri Collins went off last year at Mason, and uh, they play hard. English gets those guys to play hard. They are going to be a formidable opponent. Absolutely. And, and it is kind of interesting how we already got an interesting game with Fordham again and Duquesne with big losses. Yeah. I, I'm thinking we might see a similar year overall in the A-10 where your your, your Dayton, your VCU um, – are, are a little bit are kind of at the, the top. I think Fordham's going to fall down a little bit. I think George Mason probably maybe levels off, maybe down to fourth or fifth. VCU again, uh, Dayton, and then I wonder where SLU falls in that. But I, I think the big question is going to be where does Richmond, when you have a guy like Burton who's probably going to be player of the year again in the conference, it's interesting to look. Not again, he's going to be the player of the year in the conference. It was um, uh, who's I'm thinking it was thinking who it was last year, but it wasn't Burton. Um, yeah, I think he could be player of the year this year. So, I mean, I think Richmond is a wild card. They could end anywhere, I think, from, you know, second to fifth, and it really wouldn't surprise me. But other than that, I think this the top is is kind of starting to stratify itself a little bit. Uh, in who's going to win their home? Who's going to win their home games? Yeah. That's the deal. Or hasn't been can, slow. And who, who can win all their home games? That gives you nine. Okay. Now you've got, Who's going to go five and four on the road? Then now you're, you're you're fourteen and four, right? Can that win the league? Usually that's good for second place in the league, but we don't. As we sit here today, you probably we don't really. Is anybody going to run away with it? Maybe not. Fourteen and four, thirteen and five, twelve and six. Is that the is that the group of teams? Um, are those the records that'll that'll go for the double buy in the conference tournament? Probably. I don't think you see a 16 and two, maybe not a 15 and three. And that means it's going to be a real dogfight. Win your home games, but but you got to win them all and take your chances on the road. Were you, were you talking to the, the the rest of the big teams in the A10 or just slew at that point? What do you mean? <laughs> Win I'm your home games. I'm talking about. I'm talking about well, and that's but that's why I because if I believe that's the formula to win the league, and and so for Slew to have lost two home games that concerns me. Seven and two and a four and five, you probably that's probably not good enough for a double buy. By that I mean four and five on the road. Let's say you go, you know, let's say you go um, seven and two and four and five, so you're you know eleven and eight. You know, that's good, but could you get you the double buy in the tournament? No. Is the double buy in the tournament a guarantee to win it? No. But gosh, you gotta you want to set yourself up in every way possible. Agreed? Absolutely. And let's talk about if St. Louis can set themselves up with a strong start in their conference play. Obviously, it's going to be St. Joe's, like you said, in Philadelphia to start off the show. It's on Saturday night. It's gonna be an interesting game right off Saturday the bat. Noon. Saturday, Saturday high noon. noon. Saturday high noon. Oh, high noon. You like you love you love a high noon, don't you? I do. <laughs> so uh Saturday high noon. 
it's going to be interesting. St. Joe's kind of like they have the last few seasons. They take a lot of three pointers. The question is always going to be how many of them are going to fall for the last couple of years. It hasn't been as many, but that's always dangerous when you have a team who's taking yeah. almost half of their shots uh, from deep. The big switch for St. Joe's this year, kind of one of the reasons they're struggling. Last year, their defense kind of looked like it was maybe turning over a new leaf. And this year, you look at the numbers again, and again, they're allowing just a ton of threes on the defensive side. So for me, right off the bat, my question is, can SLU take advantage of it? That's been the big thing we've talked about all non-conference schedule, the three-point shooting, the efficiency, when they're getting their shots, how they're getting their shots. The question of when and how, in my opinion, has really been answered over the last week or two um, or the last, few, the last few games. But if they're going to hit them, that's the big question mark like we've been talking about all show. And right out, right out of the gate, I think you get a pretty good game to show that you can be a better three-point shooting team, maybe even the one we thought they could be in preseason. Yeah, you know, Billy Lang is their coach. Um, he's formerly head coach at Navy, and and uh, he's he came back out of uh, the NBA. I think he's with the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm anticipating a pro approach, a lot of four and five out, um, a lot of one-on-one play. I've only seen clips. I really haven't seen them play a full game yet. Uh, they've got a guard that's really nice and a big-time scorer. So – Automatically, you see your defensive challenges there. And I also think Francis Okoro, it's a great game for him to get his A-10 legs under him and look to dominate a game. Doing it on the road, though, when foul trouble is always an issue, well, it'll be a challenge. But I think if you can work inside out in that game and 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 force, uh, force St. Joe's uh, – to have to work and worry about inside and protecting the rim and the paint then opens things up on the outside. I think in, it's obvious, it's very obvious in very general terms because I haven't been to practice. Um, I'll go tomorrow for shoot around um, uh, for practice tomorrow, I should say. And um, that's where I'll, I'll, I'll figure out what the game plan is. But in general terms, I think that's what you're looking at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Reynolds and Brown, uh, you know, they're, they're big guards, take thir- almost 14 threes per game yeah. between them. But, again, they got a Davidson transfer, Lynn Greer, uh, who's not a big three-point shooter but kind of more of a slasher. I actually really like this matchup for the Billikens. Of course, I've said that before, and it, it, it I agree. hit me. But, again, if they can get their sh- – if they can hit the shots that they're going to get against this defense, and if Francis Socorro can have a good game against – a group of bigs that he should be able to at least control, if not dominate, then this should be a good start, a good win for the Billikens to start the non to start their conference schedule in the A10. And if not, then different tone, no more, no, no more sunshines and, and, and silver linings for me after, after that, Raymer. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to break, I'm going to break into pessimistic Rockio if they struggle against it, they struggle in this game because it's, well, it's just a perfect matchup for them and they got to take is. advantage of it. It is, but I'll only accept that if you say, if they win, you'll be, you'll be cup half full and very optimistic. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Okay. I mean, you know me. for those who don't know, you're a talk radio talk show guy and it's always, it's always radio talk show that goes negative. I'm I'm good at going negative. You should have you should have. Well, you're uh, like everybody else in the industry. That's what well, we do. It's it's early. That, you know why? Because it's hard to win and it's easy to lose. And pick a loser every time, and you're going to win. 
you're going to win more often than not. I already put this on the air once today, so I'll do it again because it it, it did not go well for me, so why not double down? Uh, Your good (laughs) friend Randy Carricker, uh, I I was afraid he was going to come across the table at me today because I brought up, we were talking about the most overrated person in sports history. And uh, so I, taking the debate very seriously, decided who's a player who everyone thinks of as top 10 all time, who I think is more about like a top 30 or 40 player. Let's let's actually get a good answer here. And my are you answer was all sports. Are you saying all, all sports. sports? All sports. I don't know what you said, but I'm sure I'm not going to like it. You're going to hate me. <laughs> and with an analytical, with a lot of analytical answers, citing defensive runs saved and war, my argument was Derek Jeter. Oh, I caught the tail end of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he and and he's the starting shortstop on my all-time team. Of course. It goes, here's the here's I'm just going to end it with this. Honus Wagner, Cal Ripken, Alex Rodriguez. First of all, that's not the same game when Honus played. It's a completely different game. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> there there are like three or four other names that are absolutely legitimate in the argument, but the number two guys, the guy nobody ever brings up, and you should have. It should be Ernie Banks as the yes, number two go. shortstop. So I'm going to give you that for when you talk to all your other young friends and make their jaw drop and not know what you're talking about. So good look, so they can look that up. The other one's Ripken. Other yep. than that, forget. Let's don't talk about it. But nobody has the extra credit that Jeter has at performing at a high level on the biggest stage. I like nobody that. has that extra credit. And and then, the, but to end it all, though, I'd like to manage against you. <laughs> See, I, it had nothing to do with basketball. It was completely tertiary, and I was like, you know what, though, I want I want to hear what Rammer has to say from this, and I'm and I'm going to put it live on a recording and put it out to everyone once again because I'm a glutton for punishment. Why not? If you would have said if you would have said Banks or Ripken, I would have just tipped my cap and said, let's play. Ripken wasn't my answer because he. If you look at every, if you look at every war stat, because I only kept it to shortstop because that's how war works. Um, Ripken beats. I mean, it's 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 Ripken's above him in everything, and it's kind of insane actually. But but it's really close in many many things. Really close. It's the top ten is first of all obviously it's insane, but it's it's kind of it, Jeter consistently in in war in war seven, which is best seven seasons, in war five, which is your best five in a row. He's seventh, eighth, ninth in, in Major League Baseball history at shortstop position. That was my argument. How many shortstops? You know, how many shortstops have more hits? Uh, not many. Let, let me. Let me. I'll, I'll save you time. Zero. How many shortstops have more postseason hits? I'll save you time. Zero. How many shortstops have more rings? Uh, maybe Rizzuto. I'd have to go back and look. It's between two Yankee shorts. Again, again, my my contact. Again, can you find me a player who everyone considers top ten all time? Who no. probably is more like top thirty or forty? No. Oh, you said all time player, not all time shortstop. All yeah, or because I think people because my because find a player who's top who people consider top ten all time at their sport who maybe is a little bit should be a little bit further down the road. And that's your answer for most overrated player of all time. It's a thought. It's a thought-provoking thing. I, I, I'm very well might be wrong. It's happened before, uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying, search your soul and don't cop out with a, with a, with an easy answer. Find the tough answer that makes you kind of hate yourself a little bit. Um, 
there's a there's, there's a real problem with you and those of your era self-loathing <laughs> because here's the thing we got baseball uh, is a joy baseball is a joy it's not just baseball i'm, I'm talking any sport what yeah. the other carrie davis who, who works on the show with me and randy character his answer was carmelo anthony which i actually think is a very good answer because there's there's people who consider him you know top 25 and there's some who would argue that he's maybe more like top 50 yeah, I never. So that, really that's, think of him. that's the discussion. It's a very random sports discussion, but I th- I'm, I've been having fun with it mainly because there was like 80 people calling for my job today, and that's just that's just good clean fun. <laughs> like oh, you said, I'm a good. glutton for punishment. College basketball um, season two, the conference season begins, and and it began last night. I was up late watching games last night. You know me, I'm a I'm a sicko for Mountain West and West Coast. I can't and no, I can't wait. I I cannot wait for the Mountain last West breaks down. I'm so excited yeah. for those. I, I'm I'm wondering if Gonzaga is going to be a tournament team again. Hey, and 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 in the Mountain West, there's some flipping where Colorado State and Wyoming and maybe even Bo- well, but not Boise slipped a little bit. But New Mexico is a monster, <laughs> and there's no. I don't think there's a bad team in the Mountain West. Okay, well, I, I can't wait to I can't wait to hear the the updates on West Coast West Coast basketball. That's fantastic. I love it. Rammer, before, right, I let you go, before I let you go eat dinner, really quickly, tell everybody about Royal Banks, Missouri. Royal Banks, well, they may not be West Coast, but they have grown and always kept their great great focus on service. Whether it's the St. Louis metro area, the East Side, or Northeast Missouri, with new locations there, and they've been doing it for sixty years. Royal Banks, for better service, means better banking. Rammer, thank you so much for talking some slew basketball and what else we got into today. You have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your day, St. Louis, as well. Hey. Honey, what are you doing up? I'm too excited to sleep. Have you tried counting sheep? Yeah, but it didn't work. Have you tried counting Albert Pujols' home runs? But there's so many. Let's just give it a try, okay? Okay. Good night. One Albert Pujols home run. Two Albert Pujols home runs. Three Albert Pujols home runs. Four Albert Pujols home runs.